0: It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit Ellerslie.com. Hi, I'm Leslie Lutie for Daily Thunder, and I'm excited to be joining you again for our Becoming Brave series. I've been sharing stories with you from men and women throughout history who have really inspired and encouraged me in the area of courage in the midst of crisis and composure in the midst of crisis. And today I want to look at a more recent missionary, Don Richardson, who wrote the book Peace Child. I read this book when I was in high school and it had a really profound impact on me. And then a couple of years ago, I read it again, along with a few other books about missionary work in interior New Guinea between the thirties and the sixties. And Don. Richardson and his wife Carol were missionaries in New Guinea in the 60s. And their story is truly remarkable. In fact, it was this book, Peace Child, and another book that Don Richardson wrote about the life of Stanley Dale, who was also a missionary in New Guinea, that inspired our Daily Thunder series that we gave last year called Daring to Do as Stanley Dale. So if you haven't gone through that series yet, it is truly an amazing and remarkable study in what it means to passionately pour out your life for the gospel of Jesus Christ, even if you're not called overseas. One of the most powerful things about Don Richardson's story is that he was called to a very unknown and unpredictable people group named the Sawi. It was a part of New Guinea that had not really been reached by the outside world and it was a very violent area of the jungle. So it was remote. It was cut off from the rest of civilization and the people there were extremely violent, they lived very dark lives, their lives were completely given over to demon worship. And they killed each other constantly. And they were cannibals. And some of the things that they did were truly horrific. But to them, this was kind of their highest form of honor is to betray and kill and violently murder and cannibalize other people. And this was the people group that Don and his wife Carol were called to as a young couple with a six week old baby. So just the idea of going into a people group like that and attempting them to reach them with the gospel with all of the unknowns and all of the violence and all of the danger, even just that alone requires supernatural courage. And there's a moment from his book, Peace Child, where he first arrived in the jungle and he was making the decision whether to stay among these people and set up shop and establish a home there, establish a missionary base there. And again, he had a young wife and a young baby, and he was going in the midst of of headhunters and cannibals. And even just being in the jungle itself was intimidating, because for someone who grew up in Canada, and America, you go into a place like that, and you're thinking, none of this is familiar, and all of this feels dangerous and overwhelming. And he made a decision when he first arrived to call the enemy's bluff. I feel like I can really relate to this, even though I've never been a missionary in New Guinea. But when we take those steps of obedience and we're, we're venturing into new territory for the glory of God, the enemy really pulls out all the stops to try to discourage us, to try to get us to turn back. And a lot of what he throws at us is just smoke and mirrors. It's just one big bluff, but it feels very real. And if we're not willing to rise up in the strength of God, the power of God and resist him and call his bluff, a lot of times we will walk the other way instead of advancing forward where God has called us to go. So this is a small excerpt from Peace Child When Don Richardson faced the intimidation of the jungle and the enemy's voice mocking him, and he called the enemy's bluff. He said, the wilderness of the locale seemed to taunt me. Something in the mood of the place seemed to say mockingly, I am not like your tame, manageable Canadian homeland. I am tangled. I am too dense to walk through. I am hot and steamy and drenched with rain. I am hip deep mud and six inch Sago thorns. I am death adders. And leeches and crocodiles. I am malaria and dysentery and hepatitis. Your idealism means nothing here. Your Christian gospel has never scrupled the conscience of my children. You think you love them, but wait until you know them, if you can ever know them. You presume you are ready to grapple with me, understand my mysteries, and change my nature, but I am easily able to overpower you. With my gloom, my remoteness, my heedless brutality, my indolence, my unashamed morbidity, my total otherness, think again before you commit yourself to certain disillusionment. Can't you? You see i am no place for your wife i am no place for your son i am no place for you now like i said i've never been to the jungles of new guinea but I can relate to that mocking voice. It says, you know, this is too much for you. You've gotten in way over your head. You will be swallowed up by this turn and walk the other way. And it's the enemy's intimidation tactic. What should our response be when the enemy tries to intimidate us? I love how Don Richardson responded. He said, it's only a bluff. I thought this swamp is also part of my father's creation. His providence can sustain us here as well as anywhere else. Then the the peace of God descended on me and suddenly this strange place became home, my home. I turned to Ken and John and said, this is where I want to build. Now that is calling the enemy's bluff, doing it the exact opposite of what the enemy is trying to tell you instead of turning and running the other way, saying right here in this place of the most danger is where I want to build because I believe the power of God is greater and the power of God can overcome all of this darkness. And when we have that attitude, God can work wonders. When we look around at our culture today, there is a similar mocking tone. If you look at the America that we're living in now, it's very, very different than it was in the 50s and 60s. And a lot of us feel like it's impossible to reach. Some of us have even felt like we wanted to escape to curl up in a little hole somewhere and not face the reality of what is happening in our culture, let alone try to reach this culture for the gospel. It's almost as if the culture is saying to us the very same thing he said to John Richardson when he first arrived in the jungles of New Guinea. Something like, I am not like your tame, manageable America of the 1950s. I am chaos. I am sin-saturated and proud of it. I am immorality and darkness. I am suffocating social pressure to conform to my twisted ideology. I am biased media, relentless enticement towards sin, anxiety-inducing fear tactics, and hopelessly confused identity. Your idealism means nothing here. Your Christian gospel has never scrupled the conscience of my children. You think you want to reach them, but wait until you know them if you ever can know them. You presume you are ready to grapple with me, understand my mysteries, and change my nature, but I am easily able to overpower you with my control, my intimidation, my heedless disregard of truth, my indolence, my unashamed debauchery, my total otherness. Think again before you commit yourself to certain disillusionment. Can't you see I am no place? place for you? What should our response be when we hear those mocking voices from the enemy and from the culture around us? We should respond exactly like Don Richardson did in his book, Peace Child. In that moment when the jungle mocked him, he called the enemy's bluff, and we can do the same. We can say it's only a bluff. This country, this culture, and these people are also part of my father's creation. His providence can sustain me here as well as anywhere else. If we are willing to call it's bluff, then the peace of God can descend on us like it did for Don Richardson and cause this unfamiliar and chaotic culture to become our mission field. And for many of us, we are meant to say, I want to build my home, my ministry right here so that I can build the kingdom of God. The question I want to challenge us with is this, are we willing to make ourselves available for the mission field within our own culture? God may be calling you overseas, which is also a very important ministry, but we are standing in the middle of a mission field. And today it requires just as much willingness, sacrifice, and courage to engage with this mission field of our culture than it did to go to the interior of New Guinea between the 30s and the 60s when the missionary movement was really heading in that direction. If we will not reach our culture with the hope and light of the gospel, who will? Another amazing moment in Don Richardson's story is after he was getting established among the Sawi people, and he began to understand their mentalities and the way that they perceived things. Their highest virtue in their culture was betrayal. And if somebody could win someone over, fool them into thinking that they were his friend, and then brutally kill him and cannibalize him, that person who did such an act would be a hero in their culture. So when Don Richardson tried to share the gospel with the Sawi, Jesus was not the hero of the story. The hero of the story in their minds was Judas, because he betrayed Jesus at a higher level than anyone in the Sawi culture had ever betrayed anyone. So they looked at him as the hero. And when Don Richardson recognized this, he felt so hopeless and he went for a walk. The book describes how he was talking to God and saying, Lord, I think you have placed me among the hardest people to reach with the gospel in the history of the world. He honestly felt that. How am I supposed to preach the gospel to people who value Judas as the hero of the story, who value betrayal and darkness above good? A lot of us probably feel that way about our own culture today. Lord, why have you allowed me to live in this time with this kind of darkness creeping into the world? How am I ever supposed to reach them because they are so programmed and so wired to value everything that is opposite of your kingdom and disregard everything that is based in light and truth. But miraculously, God provided a way for the Sawi to understand the gospel. And the light and the hope of Jesus Christ transformed that people group. Not because of anything Don Richardson did, but because of the power of God. And if God can provide a way for people like the Sawi, who valued violence and betrayal above all else, to discover and embrace the gospel, can he not do the same for the seemingly impossible people to reach? within our own culture. The book Peace Child is such a faith builder because it shows that there is no culture, no people group that is above the power of the gospel, including the culture that we live in today. We've been talking about opening our eyes to the mission fields right in our backyard. And here are just a few of them that I would encourage you to go to God and say, Lord, is this a mission field you want me to engage with? One is the unborn. In the U.S., over 53 million babies have been aborted since Roe versus Wade. That is an enormous mission field, but it feels impossible to reach. And yet it is not beyond the power of the gospel. The unreached all around us, approximately 150,000 people die every day without knowing Jesus Christ. Are we willing to reach them with the gospel? I've talked before about Catherine Booth on this podcast. Her husband, William Booth, was very passionate about winning souls. She and, and William co-founded the Salvation Army, which was one of the most powerful evangelistic ministries in the history of Christianity. When William Booth signed the guest book when he visited King Edward the Seventh, this is what he wrote, Your Majesty, some men's ambition is art, some men's ambition is fame, some men's ambition is gold. My ambition is the souls of men. And when we think about the 150,000 people dying around the world every day without knowing Christ, that needs to become our ambition as well. The souls of the men and women around us. Again, it can feel overwhelming and impossible, but it is not beyond the power of the gospel to reach those lost all around us. There are nearly 700,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and nearly 80% of inmates serving time in U.S. prisons have come out of the foster care system. About 44% of children placed in foster care are arrested at least once, compared to only 14% of children who stay with their biological families. So obviously, this is a system full of hurting people that need the hope of the gospel and it is not beyond the power of God to reach them. Trafficking victims is happening all over the world. There are 27 million human slaves in the world today, and a large majority are young girls and women in forced prostitution. There is actually more slavery in the world today than in the days of William Wilberforce. And according to the Department of Homeland Security, every year millions of men, women, and children are trafficked worldwide, including right here in the United States. It can happen in any community and victims can be any age, race, gender, or nationality. Again, trafficking can feel overwhelming. 27 million around the world today, but it is not a mission field that is beyond the reach of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Or what about antagonistic groups? Those in our culture who are passionately dead set against the message of Jesus Christ. A lot of times these are the most intimidating people to think of reaching with the gospel and they're seemingly impossible to reach because of their mindset but they are not beyond the power of the gospel so let's be inspired by these words from William Booth who said go after souls and go after the worst meaning those that seem like they are so far beyond the power of the gospel those are the ones to go after in prayer and in pursuing them with the love and the hope of Christ as christians it's really easy to get into the mindset that the lost in our culture are hopeless and beyond reach and to not even try. I want us to be encouraged by Don Richardson's example and call the enemies bluff. Our culture is not beyond the reach of God any more than the Sawi people in New Guinea were beyond the reach of God. And he loves these people more than we ever could more than we can imagine. So let's not be distracted by the barriers and the intimidation of the enemy, but have faith in what our mighty God can do. God bless.